1: What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice your guys Cody and Derek back for another one guys and we are a couple days out from the 2023 NFL draft draft where the Colts obviously drafted 12 guys that they brought in (laughs) one of the craziest drafts we've seen in a while just from a quantity standpoint I think it was the most uh, in the modern era since like what 94 something like that uh, that the Colts have brought in in terms of number of of players in a draft class and so uh, lots of competition lots of guys added to this roster of young talent a lot of young athletic talent I'll add um, and you know we wanted to kind of look today and, and talk about all right so who are some of those players that we would say players and coaches not just players cuz I know before we had done just players but I figure we could expand it out to to even coaches as well here for Indianapolis cuz I do think we have a lot of uh, winners here for coaches uh, but who are the who are the players and coaches who are the biggest winners and losers, the biggest people who are positively and negatively impacted by this draft? So let's actually start because I think we have probably less um, amount of guys on the negatives, but I could be wrong. We might have more. It might be about the same. Well, let's start with the negatives regardless who would be the first couple guys here we have as guys who are probably, you know, dependent of course with what the Colts did in the draft were probably impacted uh, negatively here.
2: Yeah. um, I mean, from the, uh, from the positive side of things, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. It's about the same when it comes to the positives and the negatives here. Um, Although I think the positives are more glaringly obvious than some of the negatives. Um, Chain Steichen clearly is one of the biggest positives here. I, I think that Anthony Richardson was probably the one guy that I think Steichen looked back and was probably uh insisting to Ballard that he could he could mold with him the best. Um clearly they deemed that, you know, if this was gonna be the project that they were gonna go with, they felt that. What uh, what Anthony Richardson can provide you, uh, as long as you know Shane Steichen's reputation holds suit, then this kid's gonna be a really good quarterback. Uh, I don't know if you saw just the other day, Cody. Um, he was on—I don't remember who it was—but he was doing some quarterback prep with someone, and they were running through plays that uh, they were coming up with, and Anthony Richardson was memorizing these on the spot and was remembering exactly every detail that was going into the plays. So, I mean, it just goes to show you just a small glimpse of how smart this kid actually is. Uh, Just imagine when he finally gets a chance to work with Shane Steichen and these other guys. So, Steichen definitely is uh, the biggest one there, Uh, sticking with the coaching theme. Uh, Reggie Wayne, another winner here in this one, because for the second year in a row, he's gotten his guy. Uh, in the draft obviously last year with Alec Pierce he really wanted Alec Pierce and this year he now has Josh Downs who we've already spilled the beans on that a lot that Reggie Wayne already deemed him as the best wide receiver in the whole draft class everybody's heard that story by now so you know that's a definitely a great one for Reggie and you know I mean because there were Debates on whether or not he was wanting to come back or not. But clearly, you know, if Ballard keeps drafting the wide receivers that Reggie Wayne wants, it might be an incentive for him to want to stick around. And then the last coach to go into it right now is uh, Ron Miles, the defensive backs coach for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, you did just draft three new guys. And two of them have a legitimate reason to start day one. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Indianapolis. So, you know, it, you know that with Julius Brent's, when he gets back and he's fully healthy, this kid's going to come in, he's going to be the number two corner going forward. And of course, Darius rush who, you know, can play, uh, almost to that level too. I mean, Darius rush was, you know, deemed to be a third round draft pick. So he was not very far behind, uh, Julius Brent's in any, uh, kind of form and plays the kind of the same way. And You know, that could be, he could definitely be a dark horse for getting quite a few snaps this year uh, in that regard. Jalen Jones, that one's going to be the wild card. Whether or not he's going to remain on the roster or not, we'll have to check to be sure. But, I mean, Ron Miles has no shortage of young corners to try to mold into this defense with Gus Bradley. And he's probably salivating at the idea of all this fresh meat coming in with this new competition.
1: And you added Daniel Scott, the the, the safety that almost scored a ten RAS score. So you got Ron Miles, four new DBs, three corners, one free safety. So you just continue to add depth and athleticism there. I definitely think that that is huge. Ron Miles, one of the biggest winners in terms of just the amount of talent he got. Uh, you know, obviously he lost a lot. Um, he lost, you know, Stephon Gilmore, who we know, and Brandon Faison. I know a lot of people, you know, don't really love that name for for obvious reasons. But you know, he did play a good amount of snaps for you. So you lost two guys who played significant roles for you last year. And so you you know don't, don't just add, but you add even more to this team. And so I, I really think that the youth and athleticism is something that Ron Miles probably just loves, and and Mike Mitchell they just love being able to work with these guys and develop these guys and. And we've already seen the work that they've done, uh, you know, with the rookie last year, a seventh round pick in Rodney Thomas. And uh, well, obviously, the jury's still out on a guy like Nick Cross. But uh, I'm just intrigued by that, and just seeing how they work with these guys, and you know, if they can get the most out of all these guys, all these young corners, and, and all these athletic corners as well. You mentioned Reggie Wayne. I mean, you know, what can you say? He got his guy. You know, not the traditional receiver that Chris Ballard drafts, but Reggie, you know, pretty much felt like he stood on a table and wanted to get this guy. And so Josh Jones is a little bit of a different kind of receiver than the Colts have really had in their room, but he's a very explosive receiver, a very productive receiver. And I think Wretch just got to be glowing, man. He's gotten two of his guys back-to-back years in the early rounds, and he just continues to add talent and continues to develop these guys. And then obviously Shane Steichen uh, with all the weapons in total that they got, six new offensive players in this draft. So half and half, it's kind of crazy. Colt had half and half on offense and defense, and, uh, you know, he got, you know, three new skill position guys, which is great. So, uh, overall, I do think, yeah, Shane Steichen was a big winner, um, all things considered here. So, uh, let's move on to a few players here that were positively impacted by this draft as well. I mean, I think he got a first start with Jonathan Taylor. Because of the Anthony Richardson factor, uh, the fact that Jonathan Taylor's going to have a quarterback that's probably as if not more athletic than he is, which is crazy to say because he's crazy athletic. Probably is more athletic. I mean, it's not a question. He is more athletic. But uh, just the fact that like there's a lot more unpredictability on this offense, I think that's just going to help a guy like Jonathan Taylor out tremendously. You know, we've seen over the years, Derek how you know, helpful it's been, not just for Jonathan Taylor, but for other quarterbacks as well, uh, or for other running backs as well, excuse me, when they have a mobile quarterback. you know The things they're able to do versus a tr- traditional pocket passer are just night and day difference. So uh, you know, for that factor, and then also the fact that the Colts added a running back, more of a receiving back at Evan Hall, um, could he potentially take some snaps away and give Jonathan Taylor more of a rest out there? Uh, that, that's something I don't know if it'll happen or not, but... You definitely do add more, a different skill set to that room. And maybe they'll help Jonathan Taylor, you know, avoid some injuries down the stretch and maybe preserve his career a little bit longer.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed Data
2: Yeah, I mean, I think these two go hand in hand when it comes to their importance for each other. I mean, Jonathan Taylor helps Anthony Richardson as much as Anthony Richardson helps Jonathan Taylor. I mean, it's at that point where, you know, you you now as a team now have to focus on you have two exceptional athletes in your backfield and it's it's a. Luxury that not a lot of teams have, uh, even when you look at teams that have a, a great athlete in the backfield, like a Lamar Jackson or a um, or a team like the Titans that has a Derrick Henry. You know, all of these teams that have these great running attacks, but now you have uh, a both great athletes in this that you can expand a lot of things. Uh, the play-action game, the RPOs. You know, a lot of the stuff that really Anthony Richardson thrived in college is going to thrive so much more now because teams know that not only do they have to take into consideration what Jonathan Taylor can do, a healthy Jonathan Taylor this year going into that because everyone remembers what he did in 2021 and no one wants to see that Jonathan Taylor. Uh, But now you have to worry about the greatest athlete at quarterback that we have ever seen come into the NFL. So now you have that to worry about for, you know, guys that are having to stay close to the line of scrimmage, being able to allow Anthony Richardson to open some things up, find better spacing in that. So, I mean, again, we're, we're all waiting to see this duo uh, for years to come. I think it's going to be fantastic, and, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is probably loving the idea of running next to Anthony Richardson this year.
1: And that's something we really haven't seen the Colts have. I don't know if really ever in the Indianapolis era, Derek, since I've been a fan. Like, obviously, Andrew Luck could move. He had that athleticism, but... They never really used him in that way. They never really yeah. used the RPO game. And so the fact that the Colts are going to use that, Shane Steichen obviously used that last year with Jalen Hurts a bunch. I mean, that that's new. That's a new wrinkle that we just have never really seen with a Colts offense. So I'm intrigued to see how that works out. And obviously, I think that'll just help Jonathan Taylor out tremendously uh, to have a guy that, you know, the teams will actually fear when he, you know, potentially takes it, you know, if in the RPO game. Like they'll actually have a fear of him running. And that'll just help out everything on that offense run smoothly. And obviously we'll see, depends if Richardson does play or not. But um, the next guy on the list, just simply because the Colts didn't address it in the draft really at all, uh, Will Fries, the right guard, right? We thought the Colts need to add some competition there for him, for that right guard spot. You know, they did obviously sign the kid out of Alabama, undrafted free agent, but the Colts, a lot of people thought they might go second round or third round and go address it in that way, and they just ended up not doing it. Um, Now, I've been a person that says, you know, you can go out and you can get a guard. There's still a couple nice names out there, a couple nice vets out there that I think could really help you out. But as it stands right now, as we're recording this, Wednesday, May 3rd, the Indianapolis Colts have not signed somebody yet. So just strictly from what the Colts did in the draft, I would label Will Fries probably a winner here.
2: Yeah. I mean, specifically for this draft, uh, that's the very big thing because you and I were talking about it through the whole draft. Uh, What was more important, the interior O line or wide receiver? That was the big consensus argument that we had going into this. And, you know, the Colts went with the offensive line depth, but they went with the offensive line depth at the different positions. They went and got tackles instead of guards. So, Clearly, they were shoring up the tackle depth going forward, and now they still need to address the interior of the offensive line. Uh, Still remains to be seen if they're going to do that through free agency. Most likely they will, but obviously for this draft, that really helps Will Fries' chance uh, to potentially still be that right guard of the future for the Indianapolis Colts. His window is still open.
1: For sure, for sure. And another guy that I think was positively impacted here, or at least a projection of where he is currently with his injury, Shaquille Leonard, the fact the Colts didn't address linebacker at all. And I felt like didn't really do a ton in undrafted free agency. I mean, they added a couple guys that could potentially compete for back-end roster spot, but they didn't invest highly, which I think is a positive sign. If you're you know wondering about the Shaq injury, people have said, you know, people have even said, Derek, I don't know if he's going to play again which I'm just like, don't go there. I know there's some PTSD from the whole Andrew Luck thing and everything with lingering injury, but I think it's certainly a positive, encouraging step here uh, that the Colts felt confident enough that Shaq was going to be back and be you know, pretty much himself. Again, time will tell on that. Things can change, but it definitely was encouraging the fact that the Colts didn't feel like they needed to address linebacker in any way. And if they did that, that hopefully should point to a healthy Shaq in 2023.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Or, I mean, it could be just a simple fact that I didn't think there was a linebacker worth taking that would have uh, been in that situation. But then again, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, Zaire Franklin took over last year, did just fine. You have EJ Speed in there, who obviously you have confidence in because you brought him back. Um, and then the guys that are on... You know, the practice squad from last year, we were having this debate, Cody, for literally up until the last week before the roster cuts happened, saying, like, we could legitimately see an argument for three of these untrafted practice squad guys to potentially make the roster because of how good they were playing in the preseason. I mean, these guys were, were dominating. So, I mean, it is one of those situations where – you know it could be that situation, but I tend to agree with you on this. I think that even if Shaq's not at hundred percent right now, um, obviously he had a full off season. He's going to have a full off season to finally get that back and that ankle back up to the speed at which he likes. Uh, will he ever be one hundred percent of Shaq Leonard again? We don't know. But at the end of the day, there is still a good chance that he can come back 100% healthy and that even if he is 100% healthy and he's only 80% of what Shaq Leonard once was, I mean, that's still a really, really good linebacker in this league.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: That you want to have around. So at the end of the day, you're right. I think it's more of just, like you said, just the PTSD of being a Colts fan may never ever go away for just how the Colts handle injuries. Uh it's always a very concerning thing. But at the end of the day, I'm a I'm gonna wait until uh we get closer to the season starting before I'm going to make any judgments on what Shaq Leonard's gonna become.
1: Exactly. And that will obviously bear monitoring and probably be one of the biggest storylines, you know, depending when he does get back, if it is leading into the regular season, once again, uh, I mean, then you have some serious concerns like, what is the deal, man? How is this? Con- how is it continuing to be an issue? You know, but we're not there yet. So I don't think we need to worry about it. And hopefully this is a good sign for him moving forward. All right, let's move on to the guys who are negatively impacted by this draft. And, you know, two guys at the tight end position, Derek, for I think different reasons are negatively impacted. The first guy, Kylan Granson, I have just simply because the fact that you drafted a guy, Will Mallory, you know, who is kind of a similar tight end in certain ways. He's more of that receiving tight end. You know, he, he offers you some, some things down the field. He obviously had the fastest 40 time of any tight end in this draft. And, you know, you do kind of wonder, does that potentially cut into grants and snaps and are the Colts not fully maybe sold on grants as much as we maybe think they are. And then Mo Ali Cox for just a simple fact that like, he's just another tight end in this mix, you know, and, you know, the first tight end, the only tight end that has been a Shane Steichen pick, if you will. So, you know, does that push Mo off the roster potentially, you know, with that amount, he's going to be due like, you know, what is it? Six million or something like that. I mean, that's a good amount for being a fourth tight end or whatever. So, you know, what happens there with Mo? So I think both these guys uh, could potentially be negatively impacted. I think probably Mo more than Kylan, Uh, Because I do think, I don't think there's a chance really that Kylan's off the roster, but maybe just cuts into his playing time a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, we had, we were having this discussion. um, We're having this discussion the last few weeks, like talking about how uh, is Mo going to get traded? Something else going to happen there. And, you know, at the end of the day, as much as we love Kylan Granson on this channel, I mean, at the end of the day, he's now going into, you know, his third year, I mean, second year, obviously he progressed, but clearly it was, it was amongst a offense that really wasn't doing much in the first place, which is why I'm not really going to hold the lack of production against him because actually, believe it or not, was one of the more efficient, uh, you know, aspects of the offense all year. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those situations. It's really tough, but, um, you know it is very it was very odd when we got Will Mallory and we're talking here like what does this mean like why would you go and get another one when you have four tight ends on the roster actually six in this moment in time obviously that you're going to cut down uh and you know you have all the talent in the world in that tight end room and yet you went and got another uh yeah. it just again goes to show right like what what exactly uh do they have in store for um, for Mo and, you know, potentially for Kylan. We have no idea, but I, I, and especially since, you know, Kylan was Reich's guy, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sold on him being Ballard's guy and who knows if it's going to be a Steichen guy or not. I would presume so because I think Steichen can probably find a way to utilize Branson more than, uh, than what Reich was able to because Branson being the receiving tight end that he is, I think bodes well a lot more in Steichen. But at the end of the day, we'll have to see. That tight end room is going to shake up a lot this offseason because of this, Cody, and it's going to be fun to watch.
1: It is, yeah. I mean, it was already a deep tight end room we thought previous to the draft and the Colts had another guy in here. So I have no idea how many guys are going to make this final 53 man, right? Cause you think you signed Pharaoh Brown. He's more of that blocking tight end. You know, you obviously drafted Mallory. You already have two guys. Like how many tight ends could you really keep on this roster? I guess we'll find out, but it's going to be interesting nonetheless. And I do think these two guys and kind of what it means for them bears monitoring down the stretch. All right. Another guy, that I think uh, you know is negatively impacted just because I think it maybe pushes him down um, in terms of snaps and also depth chart. Isaiah McKenzie, uh, the, the Colts obviously signed him about a month ago or so in free agency. And you know they brought him in and people presumed maybe he's going to kind of try to fill, although he's never in production to match it, try to fill the, the, the gap that was left on Paris Campbell left in free agency. But the Colts obviously drafted Josh Downs, you know, in the third round, a guy that everybody thought was going to be there earlier and somebody was going to take him earlier than that. Uh, a very talented, productive guy. And uh, that kind of makes you wonder, like, what's going to happen here with Isaiah McKenzie and his snaps on this offense this year?
2: Yeah, I mean,. We saw it, you know. We saw McKenzie come in, and everyone, you know, immediately jumped into what we thought was going to be his role as a slot guy. And sure enough, you know, Indianapolis goes out and gets what we presume will end up being the number one slot guy in the NFL in a few years from now. If he, you know, ends up playing to the level at which he did in college, I mean, you saw, you see what Josh Downs can do. I mean, this kid is incredible. The production is insane. What he was able to do at North Carolina, certainly nothing short of just magical. And being at the size that he is, it's prototypical. He's going to be the slot guy. And at the end of the day, you know that's that's going to put a damper on McKenzie's role in the offense. You know, I mean, we we'll we'll obviously see him on special teams all year long. This kid's going to be our punt returner, no question about it. But you know what is what is his role going to be now in the offense you know he's going to get his snaps but whatever snaps he was going to get before Cody it's probably taken down by half now because of uh Josh it might even be more than that by the end of the season uh, at some point we might be seeing like what the Naheem Hines business was a few years ago or 2 years ago where he might be seeing the field like three or four times a game Uh, by the end of the year would be my absolute guess because I think Josh Downs is going to take about 90% of McKenzie's snaps by the end of the year.
1: Yeah. And maybe he does contribute more on special teams. than you know, we obviously know what he can do um, in the return department there. So maybe that's kind of more of his role, that number four slash special teams ace there. Um, and we'll see. And obviously the Colts still have Ashton Doolin too. So I have no idea what's going to happen there uh, with wide receiver, you know, past Josh Downs at number three. And really even that competition will be better, uh will be interesting. So um Couple other positions here that we want to talk about. I think first uh the depth defensive linemen, right? I'm thinking guys like Taven Bryan, Eric Johnson, uh Taekwon Lewis even, um a guy who can play a little in and out there. Um with the, the drafting of I'm gonna to try to get it here. Uh Aditamiwa Adibwari. I think it's pretty close. Aditamiwa yeah. Adabari. Aditamiwa Adabari. Something like that. It's close, it's
2: close. We'll, We'll get it at some point, folks.
1: There was people who were literally in the comments, Derek, like, telling me exactly how to say it, because I obviously have butchered it way too many times. You'd think I'd get it by now. I've heard it like hundreds of times, but it's a hard one, man. It's a really tough one. I think this is the toughest one out of uh, any of the defensive linemen that the Colts have drafted with particularly difficult last names at first. But anyway, um, this guy has a really unique really unique build, honestly, for a defensive lineman. You know, he's six one, but he's got those long arms. He's got a lot of the things you like. He's super athletic. You know, and he's obviously going to primarily play the three tech, but I think he has some position flexibility where he could play some defensive end too. Um, so to be interesting with these defensive linemen here, kind of how that shakes out, and maybe a guy like Eric Johnson, who was your primary backup last year, maybe he's a roster cut, maybe he's a surprise cut, or you know, one of these guys because of this signing, you know, is not necessarily a need anymore.
2: Yeah, I mean. That's that's just where it is. It's it's a positive and a negative of Ottawa Bari being in this situation because obviously you provide the depth, you provide uh, you know, competition with this pick, and clearly the Colts uh need it on the defensive line, you know, trying to find those shoe in uh pass rushers in that situation. But obviously, like you said, I mean, the, the Colts went, you know. Ham on defensive line signings and free agency. You brought back Tyquan Lewis. You signed Ibukum. You had signed Tavon Bryant. You, uh, I might be blanking on one or two more guys in here, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you signed two defensive tackles and a defensive end already on this squad. And, you know, you're, the, the room for the Colts is pretty deep as it was. And now all of a sudden you're bringing in another kid who most would presume is probably going to end up being, you know, a shoe in roster spot. So he's stealing somebody's spot. So what does that mean for Indianapolis going forward? You know, whose spot gets lost here? I mean, you know, we talk about Eric Johnson, uh, the second who you know we had uh, or the third actually when he uh, when he got drafted last year. You know, he was the primary backup defensive tackle this last year. And obviously didn't really feel the need the way that they wished. Um, so you know, how does that how does that work? You know, does he is he the one that loses that spot and tavon Bryant and Ottawa Bari get in there? Or how does that work? And of course, Taekwond Lewis, his role gets diminished, I would imagine, at defensive tackle, with the fact that, you know, with Tavon Bryant and Ottawa Bari being a three tech, that kind of limits Taekwond Lewis's flexibility. Now, obviously, you're going to have him around because at some point, unfortunately, one of these guys is going to get hurt. It's just, unfortunately, how the game goes. But it is one of those situations where, you know, these guys are, these guys are going to be fighting for that roster spot there on that D-line. There is no easy spot this year.
1: Hey, man, I guess the good thing is, like, You're going to have some competition there. You're going to have some competitive guys battling for those spots. You're going to have the Grizzly vet and Taequann Lewis who knows. This is kind of his last chance, man. I mean, with the Colts, certainly it's his last chance. So he needs to play the best. And he, he has shown when he's healthy, he can. So I think this is good from a depth standpoint. But obviously for some of these guys that are going to be potentially fighting for a roster spot, It makes things a little bit more complicated. So we'll see how that does shake out, though. It's going to be interesting. I wanted to go to the last position group here. A couple guys we want to talk about at corner. So the Colts drafted three guys, Derek, in this draft. That's unheard of. Three guys. And, you know, you think about some of those guys who, you know, you projected before the draft. Are they going to actually see the field a little bit? Guys like Dallas Flowers, Tony Brown, guys that were primarily, you know, backups and special teams but got a little bit more looks when some injuries flared up last year. Uh, You know, does that – what does that do for those guys? Does that kind of push them back to their original spot, not really maybe give them the opportunity or make it a lot harder for them to get an opportunity and more of a look at corner? What are your thoughts on some of these depth guys here at corner?
2: Yeah, I mean, again, the same position you're talking about with – Uh, with what the defensive tackles have to deal with. You know, you have a few situations where, you know, you brought in some extra help, but I mean, at the corner position, you have overloaded that position and the draft. So now, I mean, we're talking about it. It's a positive thing that all these three guys for Ron Milas are going to get these uh, opportunities here at corner. But of course that means, you know, for the guys like Tony Brown and Dallas Flowers, you know, I mean, how does that how does that impact them? You know, going forward, how does that imp- what does that do for their roster spots? I mean, I, I I wouldn't imagine. I I mean, there is a good opportunity for all three of those corners to be on the roster uh, come cut time and everything else. So, I mean, you know, there's there's a realistic. I don't know how many corners they'll keep. I mean, obviously, if you got um, if you got Isaiah Rogers and Kenny Moore on the roster already, you know, Julius Brent's going to be there, you know, Darius Rush going to be there. And then that fifth corner that the Colts will take and then who they put on the practice squad, that's going to come down to, hey, I mean, does Dallas Flowers beat out Jalen Jones? Does Jalen Jones beat out all of them? Does Tony Brown do it? I mean, it, it's a it's a legitimate question. As to, you know, all the guys that we thought could have had a chance this year to fill in, now they may not even get it at all because of how many people the Colts got. So, again, great competition, but at the end of the day, you know, there's still some guys that may get left in the dust because of it. Um, At the end of the day, we're just going to have to see who, who prevails.
1: Yeah, you're going to have a fierce competition. A lot of young guys back there competing for those final roster spots. That's going to be definitely one, you know, projecting in a couple months here that we are going to be watching heavily in training camp, the the corners, right? Who is, how does it emerge? Who are some of the guys that are going to, you know, become some of those players, right? We obviously know Dallas Flowers was your primary return guy last year when Isaiah Rogers kind of gave it up to him. So, you know, have, does that play a factor? It's just going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to the healthy competition with all the young guys and how it plays out. But, guys, that will do it for our look at some guys who are positively and negatively impacted by the draft, whether it was a coach, whether it was a player. Let us know if there's anybody else that we missed. Uh, that'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Really appreciate it. And, as always, guys, go Colts.